All right, everyone, welcome back to another Productivity Like a Pro podcast with my dear friend Paco and today with a guest, Julian Quintard. He is the founder and CEO from Routine. And uh, funny enough, two episodes ago, we talked about routines and maybe we could even start with the naming of the tool, uh, why it is called Routine. But welcome to the show, Julian. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So maybe you want to share with us more about yourself and the backstory of routines for those who don't know what's all about and why we need another productivity tool here in this world. Yeah. So maybe very quickly, my background. I was an engineer a long time ago now. So I did an engineering school, very dedicated to computer science, which was my passion. And I did a long study. I did a PhD in the UK, actually, in an area that was really my passion, which was decentralized data systems. So very large computer systems with millions of computers working together that you couldn't trust and you need to build a reliable system on top of it, which basically ended up being a little bit of a, about the blockchain nowadays, um, different algorithm, but that's the basic idea. And so after my PhD created a first company that was called Infinite, that was doing a data storage in a decentralized manner, which got acquired by Docker for the engineers in the room in 2016. Then I kind of switched sides and became more of an investor and coach for other entrepreneurs. I actually uh, uh, took over the managing director position of Techstars, so the accelerator for France, so in Paris. So I did that for two years. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because that's basically where the routine got started because as I basically helped accompanied entrepreneurs, uh, they asked me a lot of questions about how to be better organized, which tools to use, uh, which methodologies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so I shared a bit of my knowledge, the tips I had learned along the years, et cetera. A lot of people have come up with the same things just by experience. And so sharing those tips, et cetera, led me to start thinking about, okay, what would be the next generation of tools? that would come up. And so you start like this, you start thinking about it a little bit, and then you start thinking about it every day, and then you start putting things on paper. And at some point you've got to take a decision, which is either you stop thinking about it and you just go back to your daily job or you've got to act. And even though I had said never, ever, ever again, would I start another company, here I am. And so that's how it started. <laughs> Great. So, but we have so many other productivity tools out there. We have task managers, True. we have note-taking apps. And for those who not, don't know about Routine, what is the focus of Routine? And is it one that tries to do everything or is it a very highly specified productivity tool? Yeah. Uh, so when we started Routine, the idea was very simple. It's very different today, but when we started Routine, the idea was Basically, again, drawn from my experience, which was, I'm really pissed that I have to switch from a task manager to a calendar, to a note-taking app, to a contact management app. None of those are interconnected. They're all very shitty. So I can't really do anything intelligent with them. And so I've got four tools. It makes no sense. And so for me, very, it was really basic. So why can't I have a, a tool, which is very simple. Uh, I was using things at the time for the task management, great tool, but I couldn't take notes. It was not connected properly to my calendar. I, I, I had to use Google calendar, which was not a desktop app, which 
just frustrates me because I want to move fast and I don't take many notes. I know that a lot of people are very much drawn into note taking. You guys, I know you are a little bit more than, than me. I'm more than on the task management side. And so I still need to take a few notes. Like, I don't know, I need to remember the, the insurance claim number of something that happened in my house. That's a number or a phone number. It's not a task. There is nothing to do. Why do I have to put these things as a to-do? It made no sense to me. And so I just decided I'm going to create a tool which not only does task management, note-taking, calendar, and contact management, but is going to bridge the gaps in between. That was the basic idea. Now we're doing a lot more things, but that's how it started. So to answer your question, why do we need another tool? Again, I, I would say, yeah, if you want tools to do a single thing, uh, maybe routine is not the right choice because you would use just things, for instance, or to do it just for the task management. But if like me, it pisses you off that you've got to switch between four tools, then it probably makes sense. Well, uh, I certainly can feel this pain. The thing is, we rarely came across a tool that covers a lot of things in a way that wouldn't be better using specialized tools. So for example, Todoist, right? It's focused on task management and we actually worry that they will go now for the project management era and they lose the focus on this personal task management part. So um, the diversification, we are using ClickUp and they try to to beat them all. They even have the claiming in the in the marketing, right? To one tool to replace them all. But when you compare really the individual features with the specialized tools, then you will never get there. So it's always to see for the overall productivity. Is this what the tool offers to you as a one-on-all solution enough to actually still be more productive? Or do you need more and then have the right combination? And that's uh, when you say to note a phone number down something, that's uh, where we come in with the tool agnostic approach with ICO, where you first think about, is this phone number relevant to my system where I want to store it in. So for me, if I have a private phone number, I would never come up with the idea to place it in my business task manager, for example. So therefore I have then a temporary note or even a piece of paper. How do you overcome this routine or do you, don't you even want to make the best of each the areas? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great kind of clear question in the sense that I think that's something that has changed quite a lot in the past. 10 years, 15 years now, even, which is that the motto when you created a company back in 2010, let's say, was you do one thing and you do one thing very, very well. Otherwise you can't compete again against what's in the market and you're going to fail. And so because the marketing is going to be too difficult, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You do one thing and then you can expand. So you had companies like Dropbox, they started by just uh, storing files and sharing files, and then they started going at market, and then they started to have, go after more verticals, etc., etc., etc. But I think what happened mid 2010 with a number of tools, Airtable, Notion, etc., even Zapier to an extent, with those tools actually started by providing a very generic layer. Uh, to actually attack many verticals at once or many business processes could be achieved with those tools. And what I think we saw was that people 
value having a single tool for everything. So a single place for all your processes, all your data, etc. Even if it were doing only 80% of the job of a specialized tool. And so I think, again, it doesn't mean that it's always going, be, going to be like this. My thinking is more something like if you are a small to medium company, that makes sense because the benefit of having everything in one tool is really valuable. If you're starting to, to have a company which is large enough to have dedicated teams, and so you have very specialized people, uh, then those people are going to want to use a very specialized tool to go faster, uh, communicate, uh, and share information uh, in a better way within that department. So if you have a, an HR department, probably they're not going to use Notion for tracking the pipeline uh, because it's going to be a messy. You're going to have a, a dedicated ATS. But for a small, medium company, you could use Notion for tracking, hiring people. And I think that's how you get to actually address many, many, many problems with a single app. And so I think routine is going to go for that as well. In particular, because there is another benefit, having a single app doing multiple things. As I've mentioned, you bridge the gaps. For instance, in our case, we can take notes on anything because note taking is not a functionality. It's a concept in routine. And so it means that you can take notes on people, you can take notes on tasks, you can take notes on events. And so that allows you to very easily take meeting notes. And because in your notes, you can create anything, any object in the system, so a task, for instance, or an event or contact, it means that you can create tasks anywhere in meeting notes, in the profile of a person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So the benefit is also that you systematize the approach. And so bridging the gap between um, functionalities and system that would otherwise be completely isolated and siloed. So I think that's a benefit that is going to be very, very hard to bridge and provide if you have dedicated systems. That's a ab absolutely great point that you bring up there and that we also have just recently in a coaching call with Paco and me, we had a client there talking about this. We saw the complexity of the tool set that he had in place, loads and loads of, P of tools, and he was overwhelmed, didn't know where to place information and so on. Seeing our tool stack, we have a very complex tool stack as well. But yeah. there, it's really the importance that you should never look up to these complex systems and try to copy them. Instead, try to remove as many as possible and try to keep the one tool that does as many jobs as other tools do. And then try to slowly build back up from there. Or maybe it's even enough once you realize how to use the tool properly. And another point that I want to add there is it's money. Obviously, you have to pay for more tools than just for one. And you have to train if you have a teen people on several tools in addition, then training them in, in one tool. So there are obviously more benefits of this as well. And we always recommend when you're starting out or if you're overwhelmed, you try to, to get con back into control, start removing things and, and narrow down to just one single source of truth and then, then go from there. So absolutely aligned there. Yeah, the, the point is that when, when I met Routine, I was shocked because I think that the implementation is beautiful. I mean, the, I don't know how you call the, 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 
the action of is that it appears everything floating on the screen. Uh, how do you call that? Yeah, it's com it's covering space and it brings this overlay anywhere on your desktop. We call this overlay the the dashboard, which later oh. on will be customizable so that you can put widgets yeah. and stuff. But yeah, for now. And, it's and for me, that was a, a life changing moment. Okay, because I never saw something like that in an application talking about productivity that combines because the, I think that the beginning of routine was a little bit confusing, at least for me, because I didn't know if it was a planner, a task manager, a calendar. Uh, then it appears the, the note. Then we talk about you and you told us about, well, the division and the, 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 the end result that you were expecting, talking about creating a graph where everything is an object and then you can link any other object or information to those objects. And that's how everything started making sense because I think that it's a little bit challenging trying to compete with so many specialists, okay? Because in, in our case, that's what happened. The moment that we try and we have forced every... We, we are always looking to busy professionals, okay? So it's our profile. Those are the members of our membership. And those are people, as you have just said, that, for instance, they are not PhD. They're talking about information. They need to go really deep, get a PDF, highlight. No, it's something dynamic, what we call or consider shallow thinking. That is just, I write down things that I want to retrieve as soon as possible and with as much context as possible so that I know what this is all about, okay, when I store that thing. And I think that that's one of the important things about routine and the strengths, okay, because one, that's your approach, okay, that's, I think that's the target, your audience, uh, I, I think. The, the second thing is that you don't need a big effort talking about the setup of the application, that that's also important. Well, for instance, now, today, we, we are using Tana talking about this type of shallow thinking. And if you are not a nerdy person, it has a, well, a, a curve of, of, <laughs> of knowledge, okay, that they are fighting with that. But the point is that it's creating a balance between giving flexibility, giving you features, not being so complicated to make the setup. Well, that's complicated. Okay. That's complicated. I would like to ask you, Julian, who or what companies do you see as competitors of routine? Uh, because for instance, I, I will say something. Okay. In my case, there's a tool called Blocks. Okay. I think that they are doing uh, note-taking content certain calendar, uh, they link with emails. Uh, it was the approach that I loved at the beginning of MEM, for instance, that it was pretty intuitive, okay, because you just, just write down the things and they emerge, okay? They have changed the strategy. That's why we left that tool. We also try uh, blocks. The point is that as they need a time to develop, it's the exact same and scenario and situation that you are living, that you start creating certain features that at the beginning they are useless for the for the people, you know, because they need more. They need more and until you have the end product or the, the minimum viable product, then you cannot start selling because you are not covering any needs. And we love seeing how these type of tools keep running, okay? They keep evolving. They keep adding the features that you were missing. They were, well, cleaning up a lot of books and things that, created friction at the at the beginning as early adopters. And I would like to know, coming from you, the founder of this company, how do you see this approach? What are your competitors? And and what's your main target audience talking about the 
the the product that you are developing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I think what's been challenging, or not challenging, but let's say risky for us is that if you go to our website, at least at that moment now, if you watch this video in the coming days, you will see that we do a calendar. We are marketing ourselves as a calendar. When we started routine a long time ago now, two years ago, we started with the task management, then quickly added the calendar. And so for a long time, we marketed ourselves as this kind of modern calendar. But that's not what we're building. You did mention a little bit about our vision that we discussed together. Um, and, and I can share more about that. But basically, I think that the value in routine's approach is going to be more about how you leverage your data. And so to me, I, I see basically everything through data. To me, it's one side is inputting data, then it's organizing data, then it's leveraging, which is viewing, exploring, resurfacing data, and then it's executing on that data, which is taking decision, which is finding time, for instance, to work on something, etc. What I mean is that when I look at the, the data, how it flows, being personally or as an organization, that's how I look at it. And so you did mention about the dashboard. Uh, we have developed a contextual capture functionality, which is, I think, the best in the on the market. But that's a lot about inputting data. And we want to continue evolving on that to really make it very easy, as you've mentioned, to input data contextually, which is it retains the context so that you can come back to it. Uh, and so you know why and, and how you've captured this. And then... What is not visible today is all about organizing and visualizing data, which we are going to release in the coming month. That is where I think is going to be our strength uh, uh, coming forward. But uh, to come very, to come back to your question, very practically speaking, today because we are marketing ourselves as a calendar, people see us as a calendar, obviously, and so we're going to be compared to. Akiflow, Crown, Amy, Fantastical, Vimcal, all of those tools which are in the calendaring space. Other people see us, as you mentioned, as a planner, which is a category in itself. So it's a calendar with tasks. Akiflow, Amy are some of those. Uh, so we could be put there as well. But again, because I know my vision, I know that those are of no interest to me. It's not what we're building, but I, I don't take it as an assault. It's, it's fine. It's just that it is a step uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the process. And so to, again, answer the question, to me, my competitors going forward are going to be, I think, more Notion, ClickUp, Airtable, Asana, more the project management with a twist, which is that very much like Todoist, which in my opinion is probably the only one with Notion that have managed to have both sides personal and team. And we want to retain that personal uh, productivity because I'm, I'm just convinced that if your tool is great for managing your own life, whenever you're going to have, uh, gonna have the, 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 the opportunity, you're going to push it to use it in your company. And also because if you uh, work in a company, you're using, let's say, Asana, you leave that company, you go to another one, you're going to switch to another tool. And that's really, really annoying. So routine is to be positioned in between the personal life and your prof professional life. 
that's the idea. Now it remains to be to be achieved, but that's the idea. So yeah, long story short, I think that my main competitors going forward are going to be more about the project, the collaboration platforms, with the twist of having this uh, individual experience, which is really really important to us. That's actually a really great approach with the focus on the personal, and that's. <laughs> I have to say nowadays very unique that you are so brave to approach this because you hear it from many companies or founders where they say we have to implement a team feature, otherwise the investors are not paying. So is there any collaboration, you know, focus at all that, I mean, when coming to Notion, it is so widely spread that it makes sense again to have a collaboration feature because so many people have Notion. So is this your approach to this, that people come from the personal and then you can connect this way? So for us, I mean, again, I won't lie, there, there, are, there are two reasons why we want, we will go to collaboration. One is the business model, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a shame but the web has been built by Google by basically selling your data. And so everybody's used to not paying for YouTube, not paying for Gmail, not paying for Telegram. Nobody's paying for anything. So there is no magic. Uh, you've got to find money any, uh, somewhere else. So to us, one reason is that we think that great products die because they don't find a business model. And so the sunrise of the world that got acquired by, by Microsoft are lucky in the sense that they didn't do it, but where did it go? Nowhere, because it wasn't, it was killed by Microsoft. At the same time, you had great tools and one, which I really, really enjoyed was called Tempo. It was an email client, I think in Germany, actually, or in Sweden or something, uh, where really nice design, great approach. But again, it's an email client. If you don't go for the route of being crazy, like superhuman and charging people 30 bucks. Uh, the, the client's going to die. I think that actually is already a while ago, but now you're mentioning this Wunderlist is also something that was very popular and was then acquired yeah. by Microsoft, I think, as well. And then yeah. it became... Well, what they is created it like? the Microsoft or... to do, and now they, this team of Wunderlist oh, have created a new company that's called List. I don't know if you seen the yeah. the the well the, the application because it's well it's a beautiful design yeah. uh, and the point is that well it's based on on list and also in the team manager well it's at the beginning of the yeah. of that company but it's curious yeah it's curious. but basically yes just to say that if you want to make a difference in in b2c for the for the end users you've got to find a business model or your company is going to die so you have very successful companies like Todoist uh, that have managed to stay afloat. I don't think they even raised money. It's a bootstrap company. It's amazing. But also because they launched at a time which was really unique because they, they, there was not that many products on the market. So again, kudos to them. But nowadays, you've got to do this everywhere. So you can't launch a, uh, an alternative and expect people to pay you as Taco mentioned, you're always going to need to add features until you reach the point where it's on par with the existing so that then you can actually add the things that you wanted to really build uh, as an innovative thing. Uh, again, so if you want to change something in the consumer world, you've got to find a business model. We don't want to sell people's data, so we want to charge people. 
And so the way we do this is either by charging professionals through advanced functionalities and also charging companies. Hence, we need to go for collaboration. That's one reason. The second reason is because our technology will be particularly effective with a lot of data. And so that's the graph that you did mention quickly, Paco. When we are going to release this, it will become more apparent what we are building. But basically, the more data is going to flow in routine, the more, the stronger the technology is going to be. And so if you have a company with a lot of data, you have a lot more data in the company than on, 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 as a person. So it makes more sense. So that's the second reason why uh, we want to go for collaboration. And you're right, it's, uh, it's risky because once you go there, uh, it's going to be easier for us to add features that is going to bring more revenue rather than go back to the consumer and build the things that we think are going to change the world for, for consumers. So that's going to be difficult for sure. I, mean, I can't say that we're going to be smarter than anyone before us because it's going to be a challenge for sure. Yeah, but anyway, okay. I think that you are covering a gap because, well, we, we <laughs> talk to thousands of <laughs> busy professionals and that's a gap in the market because it's really difficult, you know, to combine what we call the information world and the action world that it's, what the heck do I do now? You know, and how do I organize? <laughs> I need to see how I manage my time. It's a combination of time, time management, but also information management. Then you want to share that information quickly with your coworkers. It's a kind of chaotic. And that's why I think that the moment that a tool appears there, that it's easy to set up because <laughs> that's something crucial because people, we are running away of the zeros and ones, okay, little by little, especially right now with AI and all that, people are running away from complex tools because the world is already complex itself. So if you add more, even more friction because of the tool that you are using, then it's, it's chaotic. So I think that the moment that there's a, a, a tool that lets you store information, quickly retrieve it with certain level of context, plus having a planning of your day and week, okay? Because I think that goal setting and long-term quarterly goals and things like that, it's something totally out of scope for this because in fact, we plan week by week because nowadays everything runs fast and it's impossible, okay, to plan what I will do two months from now. I, I think that that's nonsense or, or at least running my companies, I never uh, pay attention to that in the last decade, I would say, because the, 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 the speed of the world has increased uh, significantly. And the point is that the moment that you cover those gaps, I, I think that many people, because I always say something, the moment that you really take advantage of a piece of software, it's always an investment. It has ne been never an expense and you don't care. Well, we are paying for superhuman because it's giving us real added value, you know, and it's something that we could, because people say that it's a cool uh, Gmail, but it's far from that, you know, <laughs> talking about superhuman and they are charging a significant amount of money for an email client. So there we have an example of the moment that you are really covering the needs of people, especially busy professionals, that the moment that you clearly see the ROI, like myself, for instance, that I manage hundreds of emails, I need something because my time is running. And if I don't have a tool that I can really interact, first of all, in an easy way, a nice way, okay, that I feel comfortable with the tool, plus all the things related to shortcuts and, well, features, specific features. That's why we believe so much 
in this type of specific features because they are covering that specific feature that you are demanding to a tool that a uh, tool that is more generic cannot afford or cannot uh, deliver. And, and well, the point is, when are you going to have that end product that we are envisioning and looking forward to it? <laughs> well, uh, it's funny sometimes our, our users are asking us like, uh, when, when will the product be finished? <laughs> and I guess the answer is never. And now to answer your question more precisely, I think 2024 is going to be a very important year for us for different reasons. One reason is because we know what frustrates our users. It's often, again, the parity with existing tools, for instance, they consider that routine is slow. Why is it slow? Because we don't have enough line mode. And uh, when you open on your mobile phone, you want everything to appear instantly, instantly, in particular for everything calendar. And because obviously Google Calendar has been here for 20 years and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you've got to again, catch up. So we know that collaboration offline, those things that we need to do are going to be done this year, but more importantly, and I think that goes with your question is that now we have the building blocks to really show what we've been building for the past two years. So everything related around the graph, so querying your graph visualizing the data, this we're working on it right now, building custom types, uh, same thing, we're building it right now. So I guess in, in, let's say one, two months, it should be available to the general public. And with those things, with those three functionalities, you can do probably, I think it will probably fix 50 feature requests at once that we've received for the past two years, and because you will be able to build those things very, very easily. That's one aspect. The other aspect is that we want to go for a lot of customization um, in the sense that we want to allow people to really kind of yeah, customize the app to their needs because we've seen that depending on your job, if you're an engineer, you don't need the same thing as you're a manager. Uh, and so we're going to have a very different approach from other tools. Just to give you our, a glimpse if you use a calendar today, you're going to have a way to switch from um, five days to weekly to monthly. <laughs> All calendars do that. And then you have a selection of the calendars that you want to enable or disable. And again, all the calendars do that. If you take Cron, which to many is going to be the most advanced calendar in the world, is doing the same thing. And so we think that it's wrong. We think that changing from weekly to monthly is not something you should do on a daily basis. It's, it's a configuration of a screen. It shouldn't be something that you change. And so to us, it should be that you need to see things on a monthly basis from time to time, because you need to have a, a legal view of everything. For some people, it's important. For, for others, you don't care. Personally, I never use the monthly view. But for some people, it's super important. And so instead of having a toggle to change, what we think is that you should be able to say, I want a screen in my app dedicated to visualizing that data with those calendars that many time zones and the layout should be monthly. Whenever you have a problem, I go to that screen to solve that problem, which is viewing everything on the monthly view. On uh, maybe on a daily basis, 
I'm more interested into seeing things on the weekly because, again, as you mentioned, Paco, you tend to plan on a weekly basis. My point being that we want to allow people to not only customize through toggles, we want to allow people to build, kind of build the app that makes sense to them based on their workflow. And because everybody has a different position, the workflow is going to be slightly different. Well, it's very interesting. And I'm also very curious what the next step will be there when it comes to visualization. So I have one final question to be aware of the time regarding to uh, related to the visualization. So will the approach be something like Tana, as, as Paco mentioned before, so that I will be able to tag the objects and then visualize them in databases or what kind of visualization you're talking about? Do you also plan to add whiteboards that we can drag in objects there or something like that? So curious about, learn more about this. Yeah. So, so yeah, we really, how can I say, uh, we really uh, distinguish the data from the UI, from the behavior, uh, which is probably I would say probably the only one to see things like this, or at least as far as I can see, you never know the visions of the other founders, so you, you, you can't really say too much. But what I mean by this is that the data part, uh, what's really unique to routine is that it's organized as a graph. So what does that mean to explain very quickly? It's because your brain functions this way. Information in the world is organized this way. So for instance, if you take a meeting in your calendar to us, it's not a meeting. It's an event which is connected to a calendar, connected to a day, connected to a time, connected to the people who are going to participate. If you create information in the notes of the event itself, those things are going to be linked to the event, which is indirectly linked to the calendar, the day, the time, the people. And so that's how information gets connected. And then you can connect it furthermore with by just basically creating additional links to provide more meaning to your data. That's the data aspect. And so that's the graph. And then you can explore data in that graph. So it's a bit more complicated and powerful than existing tools, which are all based in tables. So if you take Notion, ClickUp, Asana, et cetera, even though they try to have custom fields, it's basically a table. And you can say, show me all the entries that match those and those criteria. Tana, I don't remember exactly, but I, I'm sure that they don't have a graph querying system. They might say that it's organized as a graph, maybe it is, but I'm pretty sure you cannot explore things as a graph, which is in routine, you can say, uh, show me all the events with that many participants that took place during that time and that time. That's a query, but in the query, you can say, and now I want to see the notes and now I want to see the task in those notes. And I want to see only the, the ones that have been completed during those time, the time, et cetera, et cetera. You can dig deeper in your data through a single request. So that's the data. The visualization is really completely different because it's not easy, but it's again, distinguished from the, the querying and the organization of the data. And so the visualization is going to be, as we have today in the app, a calendar, again, with different layouts, weekly, monthly a timeline, uh, but you can also have a list, a board, or a Kanban have planned so far, but could come a bit later. But again, no promises on that because uh, for now we're really focusing on the data. I'm a, a bit afraid of that. Again, it's not an area that I know very, very well, but the whiteboarding 
feels that the data is very unstructured because it's not a data that you can really ingest and organize and link to other things. So it would be, I mean, yes, I guess we could say you can put data on top of a whiteboard. Yeah, you could. So yeah, I guess we could do this at some point. So that's the, the visualization. Uh, again, after that, we've got the behavioral, which is yet something else, which is the fact that some people would like the, the app to behave differently. For instance, something that we do at routine is that when you fail to complete the task on one day, we don't put it to put it in the next day, which is crazy from us because everybody expects this. We think it's not how it should be because that makes no sense to us. Uh, nobody said that you would have time tomorrow to work on this. Why would we put it there? To us, it makes no sense. So what we do instead is that we put it back in the task of the week because it is for you to take a conscious decision about what you need to do with that. But some people don't want that. So they want to change that behavior to go back to what they're used to, which makes sense because uh, they're used to it. And so a normal app would, would do something like a toggle with, okay, either you roll over the task or you don't, etc. We don't want to put toggles everywhere. It makes no sense to us. And so we have, again, a systematic approach where you can change the behavior of the app by having some kind of automations, basically. And the automation is not something like you would have, in again, in Notion, where it's related to, for instance, the uh, database. To us, again, it's, it's, it's a system. So everything runs on the same things, always the same concepts. So automations are actually running in the app today. Whenever something changes, it's really an automation. Whenever you trigger an action on an, on an, on an object, a task, for instance, it actually triggers an automation. And so eventually you will be able to control those automations, change them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, I want to stress one thing. We don't want to go for uh, something like Obsidian, which is way too complicated for normal people. And so we want to find this fine line in between low code where you can change the behavior and visualize data and customize your app. But at the same time, you don't want to go into, okay, I'm writing code, uh, which is just way too complicated for normal people. And uh, so that's where uh, we've got to work to make sure that it's, uh, it's easy enough, yet powerful enough to express everything that people have asked us along the years, if that makes any sense. Well, it gets me very excited to hear all this. I guess, Paco, for you, it's the, it's the same. And cannot wait to see all these things coming to life. Uh, the way you describe everything and the backstory and all this, we are highly confident to see great things from routine in 2024. And certainly once we see the updates, then we have to have a follow-up and discuss <laughs> the things that we that we discovered there then. Julian, yeah. thank you very much for being on this show. Thank you, guys. And we will catch us up next time. See you. Yeah, cool. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot for your time, guys.